Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We're supposed to go get some ice cream today. Are we going to do that? Are we doing that when we leave here? What is our plan? Uh, Sure. Okay. I mean, you don't have to twist my arm. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go check it out. And uh, uh, I want to get some Chick-fil-A first. I mean, luckily, right across the street. That's right. So, make that happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Strange Brew, Churn and Spoon, great local business. Always taking care of Starkville. Make sure you're taking care of them every morning. Start your morning the right way with Strange Brew Coffee House. National Championship merchandise continues to fly off the shelf at College Corner, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be ordering even more. You need to have a little, You need to have one for every day of the week. Something different every day of the week. That's the way to go with National Championship stuff. You Never know. Might not might be the only one. So make sure you got plenty of stuff to commemorate it by. Head over to collegecornerstore.com or either one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And pick up something brand new maroon and white from College Corner. Humble Taco is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. Stuff you've never seen before and won't see anywhere else. One of the most unique menus, not only in the city of Starville, but in the state of Mississippi. Definitely give it a look. Next time you're in Starville, make sure that Humble Taco is on the list of places you plan to stop. You will not regret it. Uh, Hey. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got a text here. I mean, are you prepared at all coming into this? I know you have a big week. I do. On Super I do. Talk Mississippi. I do. I do. That, was, that was my wife, so i gotta, I got to answer that text. Okay. Um, we're going to do some highs and lows, some over-unders kind of thing today. Little, 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 I, I like throwing those out every now and then, see if expectations are changing and things. And we haven't done those yet. And we might have 20 minutes of wrestling talk, too. <sighs> Possibly. No, <laughs> probably not today. Uh, Everyone just exited click. out of the app there. Hey. If I got you this far, I got all I needed out of you. <laughs> you knew what this was. Um, with the air raid offense, obviously, you know, it's so different than – I think back a couple years ago, I think about Moorhead and Mullen, and you're like, okay, 1,000-yard rusher, and, I, and it's just different times now. The state last year, I think, threw for just under 3,500 yards as a team. Not bad considering, you know – that's only 10 games, and they're all against conference teams. But by that same token, six, you know, what, uh, a full 20% of that was in one game? Yeah. Something like that? So that, they, did, they weren't even close to replicating that the rest of the year. I mean, it just, it, when it, whenever the defenses changed uh, and how teams pursued Mississippi State's offense, it was just really difficult for Mississippi State to kind of find their way out of it. I thought they did 
a good job against Georgia, who, if I remember correctly, was running a man-to-man defense for some reason after everybody ahead of them was running the, uh, the, drop, <laughs> the drop eight and having a lot of success. State had success against Georgia because they were running that defense, and then Ole Miss's defense was the worst in the league, so um, State just ran through them. Missouri's was bad, too. Right. I don't want to take anything away from State because I thought they were better, but they just weren't the same offense from game one to you know the rest of the way. Right. I mean, numbers-wise, they threw, what, 440 yards against Ole Miss? But, I mean, that Ole Miss defense was so bad. It felt like that, that they, they, they left yards on the table yeah. even in that game. Missouri was probably the most complete performance that they had. Um, and so now this year, you know, full, full spring, full offseason, Will Rogers has been in control. You know, I, I expect them to be able to – I expect the offense to look like a Mike Leach offense. I expect the numbers to to be what I if you said, you know, two years ago, Mike Leach, four thousand yards passing. You know, and that seems like a large number, but when you look in total offense, it's not going to be uh that different than, you know, because Mike Leach and I agree, yards are yards, right? Don't care where they come from. But Mississippi State all of the passing records should fall this year. All of them. They should. I, I'm still in kind of wait and see mode a little bit. I don't know if I don't. I'm not ready to say yet that this offense is going to look just like it has had just as much success as the ones that he had at Texas Tech and Washington State. I just don't know yet because I, I didn't see them figure out that defense enough. Um, it just seemed like they stayed in that same kind of lull offensively for a large part of the season when teams decided they were just going to send three or four guys. So. I don't know if that was just a product of the players not being in the system very long and Leach just kind of dumbing down things a little bit for them and them not being the offense that he wants them to be or if that's what we're going to see moving forward. But if we do start to see Mississippi State produce similarly to how they how Leach's offense did in the Big 12 and Pac-10, Pac-12, then I, I think you're really talking about something good that can be that can happen for Mississippi State under Mike Leach. This year's kind of the uh, last year was kind of a mulligan year for him. I don't think anything that happened would have really mattered in the, in the general scheme of Mike Leach and Mississippi State and his job security. But I think this year you start to see whether or not you feel like he's going to work at Mississippi State. And like I've said many times, he has 18 years before coming to Mississippi State that he's proven that what he does works. He's going he's in a much different league now. And this is the big boys. This is the biggest of the boys at Mississippi State with the SEC. But I think football is football and what he wants to do find players in space, find grass to throw the ball to. I think that works in all walks of football. So they just have to find a way to get those open receivers and for quarterbacks to make the tight throws and tight windows and the ball down the field. But this is going to be the year that you really start to figure out whether or not this is going to work. So let's let's do this, and let's just put a number out there. If I said, I mean, the the, the single season passing record is thirty seven ninety three, I believe, and as we you can guess, Dak Prescott holds it. So if I set it at thirty eight hundred yards, are you going over or under for one player to have that? For for a passer to have thirty eight hundred yeah. yards, yeah. Um, so how many is that in thirteen games? That would be what three hundred and three hundred and fifty three. I'd be less than that. It'd be like three twenty five, something like that. Yeah, 
I think that's a possibility because you know you're going to throw f- for a lot of yards. You got to think against some of those non-conference defenses. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a I think that's a very real possibility. Uh, you you know that you're going to throw the ball a lot more than normal, so you're you're not you're not sharing a whole lot of plays with with running backs, uh, with you know running the football, so. Yeah, I think that's very much a possibility. I mean, last year we saw records broken. Yeah. And the offense wasn't great, but we saw freshman records broken by Will Rogers and Jaden Wally. You know, if Will Rogers plays for a full year, I, I think that he uh, has a, a, a pretty big season. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's very much a possibility. And, and honestly, when you think about the Mike Leach system and the Mike Leach track record, 3,800 yards is not a ton. No. You know, he's got usually producing a 4,000-yard passer. And 4,000 yards, you know, people see 4,000 yards and think, wow, 400 yards a game. Well, there's 12, there's 12, 13 games. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're talking about 360. And any kind of rushing yards, where you're getting close to like 400 yards per game, which is not an, an outlandish number for total, total offense. And if you think about it, when Dak Prescott did that, that was in 2015, right? Yeah. So uh, it felt like Mississippi State was in the air raid that season. But they, just didn't, they didn't run the ball. In comparison to what they had done in the past. Yeah. But they, they ran the ball significantly more than what Mississippi State's going to do this year, I mm-hmm. think. So Mississippi State's going to be throwing the ball more. They couldn't run it effectively that year. No, because they had Brent Holloway as the running back. Yeah. And they were just and Shumper didn't, didn't deliver. Yeah. And they basically... They took Dak out of the option-style offense. Right, they, they made him pass more. And then <clears throat> they weren't willing to give Aris Williams a chance that year. If Josh Robinson's on that team, it's different. But they they probably win a couple more games. I think. I'm trying to think back to their who they lose to that year. They lost, they lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. That Ole Miss team was better than them. Well, and it was just kind of you know it was Dak's last game. The emo- and, yeah, it was the emotions. so poorly done. Yeah, they got blown out by Alabama. Um, they lost to LSU by two. They probably they would have won that LSU. They probably would have won that game. And uh, they lost one more. They lost at Texas A&M. They turned the ball over like three times. So maybe that's a different game too. Yeah, I, th- I think they could win a couple more. But games. yeah, they, they, yeah so. at worst they they probably they're going to beat LSU at that point. Um, so if we say thirty eight hundred, how, how how would you be willing to go? What's what's I, your I mean, best case scenario for? Well, Rodgers? I mean, four thousand would be probably best case scenario. That's two hundred more yards. Yeah. And I, I mean, that, a game you make up you. Well, no, you go from thirty eight hundred oh, yeah, to yeah, four thousand. Yeah, yeah. So it's like two hundred more yards gave me a lot. You can make up that difference along the way, two hundred yards somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that would be that would be. You got to think states had a fantastic season if they've thrown for four thousand yards. I agree. Because how many did Rogers throw for? Nineteen hundred last year. What was his? What was his yardage? Something like that. Yeah. It, 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 well, it, and I know he only he really only played half a season, but um, you know it just wasn't astronomical. But if he throws for four thousand yards, that's a huge season. Yeah, and I mean you're talking about, you know, twenty five touchdowns probably twenty to twenty five touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, I would think it'd be closer to thirty. So I mean that that's you're putting up a lot of points if you throw them for four thousand. So, so I was incorrect. MSU is a team threw for thirty two hundred yards last year. Oh, Roger, they can they can very easily get to to thirty eight. Yeah, Rogers threw for nineteen seventy six. Uh, Costello threw for twelve eighty three. Costello six six touchdowns eleven picks that's that's the biggest issue six touchdowns correct me if I'm unbelievable wrong, had five in the first game right five against LSU and, then and threw he one had against Arkansas how many yards did he have six twenty three so he threw no how many yards did he have for the season twelve eighty three 
So half of his production came in one game, and and over half of his touchdowns. Yeah. Well, well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. He threw. He had five touchdowns. I five, think, and yeah. what three or four interceptions. He had two interceptions in the first game. Okay. He had a fumble so, as well. <laughs> I mean. Well, Somebody the, asked a question about like, is this the greatest one-hit wonder of all time? That that pretty be. much tells you. It probably be. So, you know, and let's just stick with the passing game because I, I think the rushing numbers are just sort of. I, I don't know where to gauge them. I don't know how to gauge them. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we're going to see what Mississippi State did in the last two ball games running the football, or we're going to see them revert to just dropping back to pass sixty times a game. Yeah, because they they had some success when they did those design runs last year and I don't I don't know if that's what Mike Leach wants to do or if he's you know seen that that can work so that's one of those things you just have to wait and see whenever uh the season begins yeah but yeah it's it's impossible to gauge how much they're going to run I, I just I I don't think that you can put a whole lot of stock in the running game with mm-hmm. Mike Leach here I think everything just evolves around the pass so let's look at the receivers you know last year state had three guy two guys over 50 and then two more guys over 40. It feels like adding 10 to 12 catches to those guys a piece feels right. Yeah, because you're going to have at least two more games. You have one guy over 70, one guy will be over 60, and then two more over 50. And then State had two more guys at 37 and 36, probably add 10 more, so you're two more guys over 40. Yeah, Jaden Wally is going to be. I mean, we we've it's been very apparent that that's Will Rogers' guy. Right. So he's going to target him a lot. Yeah. And the only thing that you hurts think Wally, Malik Heath is going to is going to make a jump. What hurts Wally is he's not a great red zone target. Yeah, because he's he's not. Well, that that's where you, that's where you try to find Austin Williams, uh, Malik Heath. That's where I think Caleb Ducking. You know, we have forgotten about Caleb Ducking. That's a guy who's just not getting a lot of play. And and you know I think he takes those reps away from you know where Jaquarius Spivey was going to be. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a little more versatile there, mm-hmm. and he's going to be kind of a you is know that an, red zone threat. Can Antonio Harmon be that guy? Can he be? I don't know about threat? this year. I don't. You don't I don't know about. I think you have enough guys. I don't know how much we're going to see of those freshmen. I think you have enough guys this year. Makai Polk's going to factor into it. So let's let's sort of put some names to these numbers, okay? <laughs> Obviously, the leading receiver last year was Jaquavius Marks. I don't think he'll be the leading receiver this year. I think he'll be up there. Yeah. But I don't think he'll be the leading receiver. I think that'll be Wally. I think Wally is a 70-catch guy. I could see that. And then I see Marks in that 50 range. Yeah. Because, I mean, Leach has shown his offense that the running backs are going to get a lot of catches. Got to get more than four and a half yards to they've catch. Got, they've got to. That, that number needs to double. That, that play where they just – we've talked about it countless times, but where they're just – they go through all the progressions and yeah. they just dump it off and they're running back. It's not a play; it's a checkdown. I mean, the running back has literally two people in his face. He's, he's catching the ball with his back to the defense. I mean, somebody mentioned the other day on the board, like he's got Marks has to get better at breaking tackles. Yeah, how can you possibly get better at breaking tackles whenever you have two linebackers in your face? Yeah. when you catch the ball, yeah, you have the no moment time to of react. contact. Yeah, you can't. You can't do anything. Nobody can break that tackle. So I mean, Marks, his numbers. If I said fifty for four fifty. That's pretty good. That'd be solid. That's that nine be solid. yards a catch from a running back. That's pretty good. You just need him to, you know, if the play breaks down and they just need to get the ball off, you just need him to pick up five yards. Yeah. Like a running play. Yeah. If he picks up five yards and moves you know, moves the down marker or moves the chains, mm-hmm. then he's done his job. You, you're not asking him to 
break off a 50-yard run on that. That's right. just It's not going to happen every time, but you just need him to get the dump off and to get positive yards. His long catch last year was 19. That's He needs to have some, some bigger plays this year. Yeah. For sure. He does, but they, they, they need to do some design routes for him to get that. Yeah. Just a little swing pass or something like that is not that's not going to get it done. So Osiris Mitchell had 47 catches for 505 yards. Who is that guy this year? But then don't don't say Heath or Austin Williams because they have their own number. I'm, this is a new guy. This is somebody. That, that, that's that's that what Caleb Polk or Caleb Ducking. Caleb Ducking, like you think can can be a guy? Assuming we add, that could be fifty to sixty catches. Well, I was just thinking of the the style receiver, a guy okay. that can kind of stretch the field a little bit. Um, but Polk could be that guy too. Polk could be that uh, guy. Different different kind of wide receiver than than Ducking. What, Jamar Calvin's an interesting one because I feel like you know you look at the slot. Yeah, that's a guy that we forget about a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, we do. You got Calvin and Polk coming in. Honestly, Robbie, when you look at these numbers and you look at the 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 the, the, the depth, it's it's not there's not an all SEC guy in here to be beyond Wally. Wally's easily the best guy in here, but you've got enough guys here that are going to catch. 50 balls or so. Yeah. Just just because that's how it's going you to You just go. hope routinely it looks like that LSU game when you had all those di- – they had yeah. like four guys with 100 yards. I say – if you say the 40 to 80 range, that I would put Marks, Wally, Polk, Williams, Heath, Calvin, Griffin, and Dylan Johnson. So you got eight guys that might catch 40 passes or more. And that, and then, I mean, and, that's and what the, you need in this offense. You, you you need defenses to not be able to pick out one or two receivers. And then you've got a couple other guys that would probably will probably have some role. Teddy Knox, yeah, Rufus Harvey, yeah, he could. They, um, the, he needs to get. He needs to stay healthy. Harmon, I don't know. I don't know what that role is going to be this year. Harmon's a guy who could surprise us, though. Because yeah. the state doesn't have a receiver like that, a bigger physical receiver. I don't know what to expect from him. Like I, my expectations are relatively low. Yeah, but if he comes but, in and works hard, but he could be a big player. His ceiling is very high, so that the possibility yeah. is there for him to do big things. But you just don't know yet. So a lot at, of this is wait and see because we haven't seen much of Makai Polk, mm-hmm. Caleb Ducking. Uh, we hadn't seen Jameer Calvin at all. Right. Um, we haven't seen any of the freshmen. Yeah. Rufus Harvey. We didn't see him last year. So there's a lot of new faces in that wide receiver room, at least that are going to play this year, yeah. that we haven't seen that we you just don't know about yet. If I'm looking at this right, you know, I already mentioned Mitchell. Then you look at Kylan Hill, Javante Payton, Cameron Gardner, and Spivey. That's about another 50 catches to find. So when, you know, people are like, "Wow, you're you know you're 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 really ex- somebody's going to catch those passes." And that's where. They, and we've got another two games worth of passes to throw. Yeah, those are just spread out. Within the group, I think, they're they're. I don't think it's going to be like fifteen guys. They're rotating. I think they're going to find the core group of players, and that's where all the passes or most of the passes are going to be distributed. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be like Joe Moorhead when he found like three guys and that those guys got all the reps. But I don't think you're going to have a huge group of receivers. I, I think they're going to have, you know, seven guys, seven or eight guys that they rely on mm-hmm. and that the, they're getting involved and. Those guys are getting the bulk of the reps because that's yeah. really what Leach wants to do with his quarterbacks and receivers and running backs. He he doesn't want to be divvying these reps off, especially in training camp, 
to guys that aren't going to play that much. Yeah. The, he, the most of those reps he wants to go. Well, that's to what the he guys. said to us, or said, said to me, and and you can go back and listen to that on on Super Talk, uh, where he said, you know, he wants to just determine who that that quarterback's going to be, so we can start getting those reps. The same thing goes for the receivers. You know, basically, like you said, seven guys outside of the running backs. The running backs are another two potential fifty plus guys, but then you have those other seven guys, and this is not unusual. You know, I, I go back, I remember maybe like a week after Leach was hired, I went on Twitter and was like, look at these numbers. And, you know, his last team at, at Washington State, uh, you know, Osiris Mitchell led MSU in receiving in 2019. He would have been the ninth leading receiver in 20 for Washington State that year. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of depth we're talking about. A guy with 40 catches was the ninth leading receiver. That's the, that's the depth we're talking about, and it's the change that he's implemented at Mississippi State. Cause yeah. The culture here has been built around power running, mm-hmm. using the tight end, um, you know, not throwing the deep ball, zone read, whatever you want to so, call it. So, so you've made a major culture change here, and uh, you know, I, I get it. A lot of times, you know, passing is passing, and football is football. But there's something to be said about changing that mindset and this this style of offense, and it's been a huge change. And I think that's something that we'll have to continue to improve this year. Wally leads the team in receiving. Mark's second leading receiver. Who would be the third leading receiver for you in 2021? Uh, Austin Williams. I was going to. It's going to be a slot guy for sure. I think so. Williams is a good choice, but I think if he comes in and is, is ready to play, and and, and I think it could be Jamar Calvin, just because he's going to have the experience and the know. Could be or Polk. Polk is a little different because I think he's playing outside, but I could just see Jamar Calvin just being the guy constantly over the middle finding a way to get open. But Austin Williams does that too. So, all right, let's let's talk defense in this for a second. Let's move on over to that. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. There are just so many places that you can pick up Welcome Home Beef across the state. Here in Starville, they're at Vals, but don't forget they're, at, they're in Louisville. They're in Corinth. They're in Pontotoc. They're in Olive Branch, Collinsville. I got a text today that, to remind me they're in New Albany. So just all across Mississippi, if your local grocery store isn't carrying Welcome Home Beef, well, you're missing out on some of the best beef products that money can buy. Great burgers, steaks, roasts, and whatever other cut of the cow you're looking to put on the grill, in the pan, or in the pot, they've got you taken care of. Call Welcome Home Beef to find out how you can get their products into your town. That number is 662-268-8148, or visit them online, welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Just found out Robbie and I have put together a two brothers uh, meeting for this week. It's just great. It's great times. It's a weekly thing now at this point. It's starting to be that way, and I couldn't be happier. And if you live in Starkville, you need to be heading to Two Brothers every week because the food is just that good. And when you're in Starkville, make sure it's one of the places you're stopping. Two Brothers Smoked Meats right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Just Not just barbecue. Don't ever think that. It's a lot more than that. Smoked Southern Soul Food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems got you taken care of two different ways. One, they offer an incredible selection of products and services that keep your business going with more profits and less problems. Anything you need from a technological standpoint, any printers or copiers, they've got it. And they back everything they sell up with top-notch customer service, the kind you would expect if you were dealing with your next-door neighbor. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They are a Mississippi business. They've been working with your fellow Mississippians all of this time, nearly 46 years in this state. Call them today and find out how you can become another one of their success stories. That number is 
362. I, I like lost there for a second. 362-9192. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Defensively, the number I expect to see go up a lot this year is sacks. And they, and they, got, they, did, a, they did a pretty good job last year getting after the quarterback. But I feel like this is a team this year is that's going to really put pressure on quarterbacks. Second year in the system for uh, for everybody. Looking last year, you know, Tyrus Reed had five sacks, Brule with four. I could see both of those guys pushing for eight to nine sacks this year. I think this is going to be a huge year for Tyrus Wheat. I really we, like him as a player. I think he's very good. We're hearing some some big time things from him um, in camp right now, or actually in workouts. Uh, he's just so deceptive. He's he's a big guy, but he can move like a safety. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what you want in that kind of style of defense. And I think that's kind of what they recruited with the guys that they brought in too, uh, to build around that that three three five defense and the attacking mentality that they have. It just it feels like this group they have so much um, of a chip on their shoulder that they have that quiet confidence right now. It feels like this could be a really good year for that defense. And I, I know they have some question marks, uh, particularly at, at a couple of the linebacking spots because we haven't seen just a ton of Nate Watson, especially at that spot in the middle, and you know a, a couple of spots at safety as far as the depth is concerned and, and corner cornerback, but. You got Fred Peters back. You added Jalen Green, who I think looked really, really good in the uh, maroon-white game. And then you have two cornerbacks that I think are vastly underrated, which, by the way, I was talking to you before the show, not on the Thorpe Award watch list. They, they literally put every single person possible on these watch lists. Mm-hmm. Somehow these two guys can't make it. it I, I don't. What is going on? It truly is something the uh, – I don't again. I hate to use the term disrespect, but I don't get it. Because, like you said, usually anybody who takes a snap the previous season gets put on. The, I mean, it's just the watch list. These things are are hundred players deep, and yet Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson can't make it. That that is it. Just doesn't make any sense. To me. I mean, if you just weren't doing your homework very much and you just went and looked at stats and you didn't even watch the film or whatever, you just went and looked at the stats. Mm-hmm. If you saw that Emmanuel Forbes, as a true freshman, had three interceptions returned for touchdowns and led the country, mm-hmm. if you saw that that Martin Emerson was one of the highest-rated coverage corners in the entire SEC, mm-hmm. they would be shoe-ins. Yeah. So what you're telling me is you just didn't even look at that. You just breezed right past Mississippi State. Yeah. You didn't do any homework whatsoever. I don't. I don't know how it works. So, so anyway, uh, yeah. To your point, I, I, f- I feel like this defense could be better than last year, which yeah. would be really impressive. 20, 25 sacks a season ago. Yeah, that but, number. You got to think that number's going to going to grow. I think. I think they could push for 40, 40 this year, which would be about. Well, no, maybe that's a, that's a bit that's high. that's pretty high. So maybe maybe so thirty five. That's basically a little less than over a little more than three a game. A little less than three a game. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility with how this team likes to blitz. Right. I mean, like I said, if I'm right, let's say that... And they're going to get... Weed, is, weed is closer to like... Because he had five sacks playing ten conference games. Well, yeah. if you had a couple of non-conference games, he's going to pick up a couple sacks. So let's say he's at eight. And Brulee's at six. You know, Errol Thompson had three. Somebody will replace that. Kobe Jones and Marcus Spencer, Marquis Spencer had two apiece. Somebody will replace that. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis had uh, 
He didn't have a sack last year, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, and he's going to be He'll gonna be have better. sacks this yes. year, yeah. And he, he might get all of those sacks. He might have six or seven. He didn't play so. as much as he probably should have. Yeah, Charlton will play, get get two or three sacks. Um, you know, Pickering. Pickering uh, last year, did he have a sack? He had two. He'll have – In limited time. In he, limited time. He'll have three sacks, maybe four. So, yeah, I, I think I think this defense is going to be ultra-aggressive this year because, sort of like you said, when you have Emerson and Forbes out there, it, it affords you that opportunity. You just got to be able to cover in the middle, and I think State has the safeties to, to be able to do that. And but, your safeties are, are – you're in a way better spot than you were last year because yeah. you had you, – you might have had you know a couple of uh, walk-ons back there. You had Colin Duncan, who had not played any major minutes in the back end. You had Sean Preston, who had not played any major minutes. Those guys are a year older, and also you've got Fred Peters back and Jalen Green who have experience. So uh, you can afford to blitz a little more this year with the assurance that you have some coverage back there. Does Martin Emerson get a pick this year? He should. He didn't have one last year. Nobody threw at him. And, and you know, another thing we talked about, too, is just that everybody remembers that Auburn game against Sammy Coates and he got mm-hmm. burnt on that play. It's what? Sammy Coates? What year oh, is it? Sorry, not Sammy Coates. I'm sorry. Uh, Seth Williams. <laughs> didn't Sammy Coates play for the Steelers? He did. Okay. Didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> I got my Auburn receivers mixed up. The The Auburn receivers. Uh, when, when, was he 18 too? Who? Sammy Coates. No, he's 14. Okay. He's on that the team that played here for the uh, number, well, one, number one game. It, it's summer and it's I've, all been, right. I've been at the fair all weekend, so it's fine. So you were talking about uh, Devin Oroshimadura. So yeah. Seth Williams burned him on that play yeah. and Everybody just roasted mm-hmm. Emerson, but people forget that that was that that was probably the best coverage anybody had had on Seth Williams all season long. Yeah, um, I I think there might have been one other game where he had uh, the same amount of receptions or less. So he was great all all year. He was great, and nobody really talked about him because he rarely had the ball thrown his way. Yeah. Last year, the second the uh, second leading interceptor, if you will, was Colin Duncan. Colin Duncan's a player I'm I'm high on. I like him. I think he's a good good football player. He's a guy. You go back to the recruiting process. He was a high three star kid. Yeah. Um. He actually picked State late in the process, and State got him over some guys that they were recruiting. He was sort of like a backup plan, but he was higher rated than some of the guys that they were pursuing. I, I never quite understood his recruitment. Brulee was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brule was a guy that stayed. If Miles Mason doesn't flip, he's not. Aaron Brule is not at. He's at. I guess he's at Arkansas. Is and you would take was? you would take Brule all day oh, over Miles Mason. Mason. Yeah, for sure. Um, who was the other kid that that flipped in that in that group? Was that the, like that's like the Greg Brooks who's at that Arkansas. was Greg Brooks, DJ James. Yeah, DJ was, James was, was actually Oregon. really good at Oregon. Yeah, State State was Greg all the Brooks, right guys. They just couldn't hold on to him. Greg Brooks has been okay. He had Miles Mason against MSU. Yeah, Miles Mason hasn't been very hasn't good. Been good. Yeah. Uh, who James else? has been good for for Oregon. There's another guy in there whose whose name I forget. There's another DB. Oh, yeah, that wasn't a great class for for the DBs. He went to Arkansas too, I think. I think it was just those two guys. Okay, maybe maybe so. I don't remember. There, there was one other guy who I cannot remember. Um, it was the guy that went to uh, Tennessee, um, the defensive end. What Fernando's brother? No, um, we're, we're recording this live, so it's tough. To, yeah, it's, um, we'll just come back to it. DeAndre, 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 yes, Johnson, John Johnson, yes. Who I think ended up transferring. Of course. 
Um, if, 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 if an out of state if an out of state kid commits to Mississippi State early, I assume either that Never they come. don't have any options uh-huh. or they're going to flip to somebody else. Yeah. I just have the Speaking most negative thought on that. Let's, totally off topic here, but Tate Martell. So is he transferring again? He's headed to UNLV. He's okay, headed, you he's should cut home. it. You should just cut it off. He's going home. So there's a, there's a, how does he have any eligibility left? Committed to three schools in high school, and this is his fourth stop in college, if I'm correct. At some point, you got to say, Tate, maybe it's not these schools. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's time to start focusing on your degree. Yeah. You know, let's just, try to find you something you like doing. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I mean, we. That's crazy. It's obvious that you're just not going to make it as a big time quarterback yeah. in college football. Well, so the dream is is dead. You're not yes. you're not going to the NFL. So I, I mean, he's just he's denying this thing to the very end. I have no clue how he has any eligibility left with yeah, all these either. transfers. Could Cam Young be a big sack guy for Michigan this year? I don't know, but I think he can be much better than people yeah. give him credit. He's for. underrated for sure. What about a guy like Dylan Lawrence? What can he do for Michigan this year? Uh, just a depth piece. I, I just in the don't secondary. know. I just don't know about him because such a big player. It I, feels like he should be a linebacker. You know, I I never was able to pick up Terrell Buckley's evaluations. Yeah, I, I never saw corner. Well, I think we all kid. know that they 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 push for Dylan Lawrence to try to get uh McKinley Jackson. McKinley Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, but at cornerback, you know, I, I oh, just I, I never saw it at cornerback with him. And I don't know. I, you know, he looks like a safety to me. He looks like he could actually grow into a linebacker if you put six on foot four, 15, yeah. 20 pounds. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what they're doing, I think, with, with Purvis. Uh, he looks like a guy that's going to be a linebacker. So I, I never saw cornerback with, with this guy. I think that he's very athletic, but it's hard to move like that. You know, it's hard to move when you're that long um, and have that big of a body like he does. He's got so much potential to be a you know a broad style linebacker or a safety i just don't i don't i don't know what to expect out of him yeah and last year you know he was getting a little bit of playing time very early in the season against lsu Mm -hmm. uh we never got to see him enough on the field to be able to tell you know what he might bring and then he got hurt yeah so it's just kind of a wait and see with him and and, you know i don't know what you're going to get from a size verge either two more players i want to Dude, you haven't made much of an impact yet, though. I want to see if you think they can make an impact this year. Uh, uh, Javon Banks. Yeah, I've been hearing some good things about him, actually. Yeah. And I think that he there was a couple of games that he got in last year. He looked really good. I, I think he, he has the opportunity to get some reps this season mm-hmm. and kind of grow some more as a player and, and next year really see his role increase. So that that's a player to watch out for. Aaron Odom. Yeah, same thing. Oh, he he's kind of what 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 eligibility is he now? Is he? A, I think he's a junior. Is he a junior? Yeah. So he's kind of running out of time a little bit. This is kind of his this is his time to really take that step. Yeah. But both of those guys are gonna have some pressure on him this year to get in there and perform. There you go. All right. Interesting stuff. There's, there, I think there's more new faces, especially on defense, than we maybe you just think of originally, especially in terms of depth. You know, a lot of the starters are back, but there's going to be a lot of guys. I, I could see this defense playing a ton of players, playing 23, 24, 25 guys a game. You know, not not so much 1A, 1B, but guys coming in and out. And, and I feel like Pickering's return allows you to, to artificially create some depth. 
because Crumity can play end or he can play in the middle. And then you can have Crumity out and Pickering in, and it allows you to, to move some things around. So Cam ex- Young could get in there. He got, Cam Young can do the he same. He got a lot of experience. That, that last year was actually big for Mississippi State. And a guy State. like Armandus Cooley playing that role as well. I don't that's, know. That's an interesting piece for Mississippi State because I, I've always liked him, but mm-hmm. you don't ever hear anything don't ever about, hear anything about him. So. so I don't know I don't know what really what to expect from him. But I do feel like Mississippi State is back to full strength on the defensive side That's of the ball. That's for sure, yeah. There's definitely enough players. And, you know, it, it might not be quality depth or proven depth just yet, mm-hmm. but you're not having to run out a bunch of walk-ons. Right. No offense to those guys. They played great last year. Yeah. When when thrusting a duty, Sherman Timms and Jay Jemison and Landon Gidry and those, and guys. I think they're going to, I think they're they're going to get more opportunities this year as well. Yeah. But you don't have to rely on on those players this year like you did last season. I agree. All right, tomorrow shows the rumblings. If you want to start sending in your questions, Robbie and I will answer them. I know y'all are excited. Oh, we're do, we're doing. It on, I thought we used to do it on Wednesdays. Yeah, we do Tuesday show for Wednesday show. We do it. We do it on Tuesday for Wednesday show. Okay. I, yeah. It's I'm been a while. We, just... we, 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 we've been messed up for the past two or three weeks. But, yes, that's happening tomorrow. And then we'll do some, uh, some opponent previews. And then later on Friday, uh, a, a usual summer tradition, our confidence rankings. Robbie's first time with that. Uh, so we'll rank the MSU starting lineup and who we have the most confidence in. So that should be fun. Guys, have a great Tuesday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.